Well, Razorback fans, we know the football schedule for 2024 came out just a week ago, and we know that Arkansas has their schedule in front of them in 2023. But with Texas and Oklahoma joining, people are wondering, why is Arkansas and Texas a rival? And who even is Arkansas's rival? Well, let's talk about it on today's Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend, a wonderful, father, wonderful Father's Day weekend, as uh, I know that that was uh, something that was celebrated through many people out there, and uh, just to call it belated, but uh, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there, and appreciate you listening in. I, uh, I, I was going through, there's going to be some updates that we give in baseball, and also in some basketball too for, the, for Arkansas, and uh, kind of things are kind of settling down a little bit in football, but you know, I was doing a radio show, and uh, well, not my radio show, but I was on a, on a radio show, I should say, this past Friday, and doing an interview with them and talking about uh, the football schedule that Arkansas had, and they brought up something to me that kind of sparked something to where I was, you know, kind of thinking about it and talking about it with some friends of mine and everything, and it has to deal with Arkansas and the rivalry that they have against Texas, because that is what got brought up the point of saying this game, this historic rivalry coming back, and they posed it as, okay, Arkansas looks like they consider this a rivalry. There's a lot of hatred there. There's a lot of history there for them. But is it actually a rivalry, though? Like, do te- does Texas actually see Arkansas as a rivalry? And I feel like this question has been asked about almost every team that Arkansas in football, as we're speaking specifically about football, has been asked about when it comes to Okay, Arkansas sees them as a rival, but do they, the opposing team, see Arkansas as a rival? And that's a question that, of course, it's like, I can't just sit here and answer it for them and for their fans or or anything like that. But I do believe, though, that Arkansas is, without question, the most unique school and the most unique athletic program out there. Uh, everyone says that, and it's very cliche to say, but it is really true. Arkansas is one of the only major schools and major athletic departments to be the only Power 5 school in their state. Uh, in fact, in the SEC, it's really just Arkansas. <laughs> like, and, uh, That's the only ones that are in that state, and that are the only ones that don't have any other Power 5 schools. I guess, I guess maybe Missouri. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, unless I'm just missing something, but uh, you, you don't have to battle very much. And, you, and I guess even to take one step further, you don't have any other professional teams uh, when it comes to NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, anything like that. Arkansas doesn't have that, which is something that Missouri actually does have uh, with both Kansas City and St. Louis. So it's really unique in that regard. And because of that fact, it's also unique to where they don't have any built-in rivalries. They have always been a little bit of the odd man out. You think about in the Southwest Conference days, essentially it was the schools in the state of Texas and Arkansas. 
Arkansas was the only one that was not in the state of Texas. So they were always kind of felt left out a little bit. Uh, they felt like it wasn't, they weren't part of it. They weren't right there in the mix of it. That Texas team got some preferential treatment, all of those things. And so they felt like they were the odd man out. And when you have that, you don't really build the rivalry as much uh, in, in the regards of, you know, whether it's having consistency against certain teams or having one team hate you more than anybody else. You just didn't have that because Texas, they, they had Oklahoma uh, or Texas A&M. And then, you, you know, you throw in Baylor and TCU and then, uh, you know, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, like all the Texas teams just wanted to beat up each other and they really didn't have any room for the hatred against Arkansas other than the fact that they weren't in Texas. So then you join the SEC, and once again, you're kind of the odd man out. Uh, South Carolina joined at the same time you did, but everybody else has been playing each other for a while and already have some built-in rivalries. So you, know, you didn't really have much history, or at least uh, enough history to call it a rivalry against any of the other's teams. So what do they do? Well, they're like, okay, well, the East opponent for Arkansas permanently, we'll just make them South Carolina since they joined at the same time. And then Arkansas and LSU can play each other at the end of the year. And then they got a trophy created for it, thanks to David Basil. Uh, the battle for the golden boot. Like it, it, it became something, and it tried to be something. And I think that there was a bit there when it came to the few years, like late 90s, early 2000s, mid-2000s, where that game, in a lot of cases, came down to whoever was going to win the SEC West. Uh, I forgot exactly which stat. It may have been like five straight years, something like that, where that game decided who got to go to Atlanta. And that kind of built into something. But then as time went on, you know, LSU still had this, you know, old rivalry with, with Ole Miss, for instance, like an old, old, old time rivalry with them. They started to become a big rival with Alabama because of the fact that they were the creme de la creme of the conference, or at least in the division. More, they were winning the championships. They were having the most talent. They had the most epic games. And so that developed, and it really, again, wasn't room for Arkansas. So now it comes kind of to full fruition here, and then we know about the Missouri-forced rivalry thing that's not there, and I don't believe it's there. But we come to this situation now where we're, we're trying to figure this out as far as, you know, who's the rival for Arkansas? Who is someone that they actually uh, have a strong hatred for, and the other team has a strong hatred for them too. It's reciprocated. Well, the answer to that question for me is that Arkansas may not have just the one true rivalry. Like Texas, I believe, considers Arkansas a historic rival, but it's not the main one. It's like third on their list, maybe, because it's never going to pass Texas, Oklahoma, and it's never going to pass Texas, Texas A&M. LSU's the same thing. I think they consider Arkansas a rival, but they're never going to hate Arkansas as much as they do Bama or Ole Miss or even Florida, because I know they have a lot of history there, too. And Missouri, I don't think they're ever going to hate Arkansas. They, like, they hate Kansas still to this day, still hate them more. And they have it like, in their fight song, I think, something about Kansas or something in one of their chants. And you know they may hate Arkansas second most, but I don't think Arkansas is ever going to surpass Kansas as being the most hated team. And so same thing with all everybody else. So what it comes down is this. Arkansas's biggest rival, and this is the way it needs to be because it fits the culture. Arkansas's rival is literally everyone. Like, you need to hate everyone. <laughs> you do hate everyone. I hate everyone. I hate everybody. Everybody equally. Because that's how it's viewed with Arkansas. No one's going to give you respect. 
No one's going to give you the credit that you deserve. Uh, no one's going to consider you the, you know, the main team that they always want to beat or they always want to, you know, have more success than that. It's never going to be that. So you just hate everybody, hate everybody equally. Now, I think that there's also teams like LSU, like Texas, like Ole Miss. I think those three right there are pretty big. Like I would say consider them rivals just because of the history and the games and the traditions and everything, too. But I don't think I hate any one of those teams more than the other. You know, like I don't hate, I, mean, I hate Texas, but I don't think I hate Texas more than I hate LSU or hate Ole Miss more than I hate LSU or Texas Vice or whatever it is. I don't, like there's not a team that I just hate more than any other team when it comes to SEC football. So that's where it's at. Like you, your rival is everyone. And your rival is a mixed bag because Arkansas as a state is always going to have us against the world mentality. That's what makes it so successful. That make, that's what makes the coaches who have success here, who carry that same mentality, so successful. And if, and if you look at it in history, folks, like think about Arkansas as some of their greatest coaches. Um, think about Nolan Richardson. There was nobody in the world that had more chip on his shoulder and trying to prove themselves than Nolan Richardson. And it was him against the world. People doubted him, and look at the success he had. Uh, think about like a Bobby Petrino. You know, people hated the guy. People hated him and, and ripped him and, and thought he was horrible, a disgusting human being, and you know, was a terrible person that shouldn't be the leaders of young men. And he kind of took that and you know, wore it for Arkansas. Eric Musselman right now, same thing. Us against the world. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat you. Um, you know, I, I think it's that way. I think it's the same way with, with Van Horn. All the great coaches have that same mentality. And that's the way it's going to always be with Arkansas and how it needs to be successful. You're never going to have one true rivalry. you got a few games that got trophies, a few games that you may care more about. But at the end of the day, you hate everybody. I hate everybody. Which is so funny because that's only that way in football. If you go to, like, there's teams that, in, like, for instance, Alabama football. Like, if Alabama's playing in the national championship, I'll probably root for them, depending on who they play, more often than not. Same thing with Georgia. I don't have a problem with Georgia. I don't have a problem with Alabama. You know, I don't have a problem with Florida. You know, I just, I don't have an issue. But there's other teams that I'll root. Like, I won't root for LSU or A&M or Texas or anything like that either. So, that's that way in football. But in basketball, it's like, you know, Kentucky has always been that hate uh, type program. It's the history that they've had. And uh, the programs are very similar as far as culturally. That's always going to be there. But then you got these uh, new kids on the block programs like uh, the schools in Alabama that, you know, think that they're blue blood now. Uh, you know, they, they kind of started popping up and they're a little hatred. Like, I don't root for any SEC team in postseason play in basketball ever. Same thing with baseball. I don't root for any SEC team ever. But in football, I kind of will. Can't really make sense of it. Maybe I'm the only one in that regard, but that's just that's just the fact of the matter. So. Uh, we'll have a little update on some baseball because uh, Dave Van Horn's doing some pretty big-time things in the transfer portal. So we'll talk about that here in just a second. But, folks, baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. Don't miss your chance at this no-sweat first bet. $1,000. You're not going to get a better deal than that when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. 
FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, Razorback Baseball, Dave Van Horn. Uh, we know their season came to an end, and uh, games are going on in the College World Series, which all those games have been really good, just to be honest. I hate admitting it, but they've been very intense and very good. Uh, so I've enjoyed that. But Arkansas has been getting after it, and especially in the portal. We know about players that they're for sure losing. Uh, we're still waiting on decisions from a few players to be made official once you know the MLB draft gets there, and I know people will start talking about that. But when it comes to the portal, uh, Dave Van Horn has been getting it done, and a few players that they've added in. Uh, we talked last week about the the catcher from Texas Tech that transfers in, but uh, on Friday, uh, Tarleton, I think it's a Tarleton, right? Tarleton. I keep saying it. it doesn't sound right, but I think it's how you say it. Tarleton State uh, first baseman uh, Jack Wagner, and it is actually spelled like Wagner, unlike uh, uh, the you had <laughs> Wagner that everybody was getting like thrown around and couldn't figure out this past year. But no, it is actually Wagner. Uh, you got him at the first baseman, and then also an outfielder uh, from Missouri, a transfer, Ty Wilmsmeyer. Uh, both com- uh, confirmed it on their Twitter accounts. And Wagner, who is actually from Wichita, Kansas, he started 39 games at first base. Uh, he also started third base, right field, DH, did a lot of different stuff there, and he was only there at one for one year. And he is from Stevensville, Texas. He spent four seasons at Kansas. From uh, or well, yeah, he went to Tarleton State in Stevensville, Texas. He spent four seasons at Kansas from 2019 to 2022. So another Kansas guy, like in the connections there too. Uh, he batted batted 337 with 15 home runs, eight doubles, four triples, and 56 RBIs. He drew 28 walks and scored 41 runs. And his uh, 451 on base percentage was a team high for the Texans. And his OPS was at uh, 1.143. So very good. In fact, his uh, notable performances, according to HawkSports.com and Matt Jones, uh, was uh, against actually Oral Roberts. He's in the College World Series. But uh, he had a good game against him, five RBIs uh, against them. Uh, He was also named uh, National Player of the Week from Collegiate Baseball after he had four home runs and 11 RBIs against A&M and Grand Canyon. He uh, also was... The uh, he earned Western Athletic Conference Hitter of the Week on April 17th. He also missed the 2022 season at Kansas with an undisclosed injury, uh, but definitely uh, did a lot better here. So good addition there, especially at the first base, which feels like uh, you know Brady Slavens is not going to be back next year. At least that's what the vibe is. And so uh, you may be seeing him go into there, but can do uh, other things. Now, Wilmsmeyer is a guy that actually batted 311 with 10 doubles, a triple, seven home runs and 25 RBIs. He was the starting center fielder at Missouri and had 20 multi-hit games. He was also a team high. He was successful in 21 of 24 stolen bases, and his 21 steals are second most by an SEC player during the regular season, which is uh, always good to get some uh, additional bases there too. Uh, he pitched at Missouri and recorded a 3.52 ERA in seven and two-thirds inning. And uh, he says that uh, he apparently told rivals that it is unlikely he's going to pitch for the Razorbacks. So it doesn't look like that's actually going to be a thing. But they both have one season of eligibility remaining, and we know that uh, Texas Tech uh, catcher Hudson White is also the one that got committed to Arkansas. And then on top of that, too, there was another player where it was a shortstop from Sacramento, former Sacramento State shortstop. Uh, I'm going to try to say this guy's name. Sounds awesome. Uh, 
Weama Aloy. I'm going to go with it. Apparently, he uh, said that on Instagram on Saturday he committed to play for the Razorbacks. Uh, he's actually from Hawaii, so that's pretty cool. He's 6'1", 195 pounds. He bats and throws right-handed. He was the freshman of the year in the Western Athletic Conference and freshman All-American. He batted 376 with 14 home runs, 15 doubles, and 5 triples. His OPS was 1.089. He scored 69 runs, nice, and recorded 46 RBIs. Uh, he is he will be draft eligible following the 2025 season, so he uh, he's another big get. And so I'm just the point is that Dave Van Horn's doing a phenomenal job in the transfer portal right now, which is the silver linings of being bounced early from the regular or from the postseason is that you are able to go out there and get some guys that you go get ahead of the game a little bit. Now there could always be the chance that some of these players end up you know if they get drafted they move on like we've seen that happen before too. But they're not wasting any time, and they're addressing all the needs that they possibly can. And it looks like the players that they are bringing in have been uh, very, very successful and at their previous stops, and look like they're going to be big gets for Arkansas as well. So hopefully uh, Dave Van Horn keeps those coming, and we'll see uh, how it plays out for the next few weeks. And once the draft gets here, then we'll really know exactly uh, how that's going to go and how it's all going on there too. Uh, but we'll do a little bit of Razorback basketball update on the other side of the break here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, so stay with us. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, so basketball, of course, still waiting on that final scholarship spot to get taken from uh, whoever is going to end up being the final player, that final piece to the Razorback roster. So uh, we're waiting on that. But uh, I will say, though, that uh, Eric Musselman, went on the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Aaron Torres is a good friend of mine, awesome dude, and uh, he does a great job on his podcast too, and he's good friends with Muss. And they had some really good conversations about some things, and uh, he was just talking about the team themselves right now and just where they're at, the guys that have been, you know, the transfers and how they're coming together and all playing. And uh, he said, quote, it's probably the best conditioned team that I've ever had coming in. He says the mile run has usually been something that takes three to four weeks, sometimes five weeks, but they are really well conditioned You've just got to fight through and push through, which is a really great thing. Like that's that's huge when you have the conditioning already being there and uh, they're, they're already uh, getting getting ahead of the game there too. Apparently, I love this. This is again from HawkSports.com and Scotty Borderland says the Razorbacks have have paid a visit to Calvin Hot Sauce Henderson at Straight Right Boxing and Fitness in Springdale. Musselman said putting his team through the workouts beyond basketball court is important at this time of year. He says, quote, I really I think they really help from a chemistry standpoint. We're trying to build chemistry. We're trying to build cohesiveness, but it's really, really fun to be a group to be around. From a chemistry standpoint, I think we're a little bit ahead. He says, uh, where he's like, right now, our guys are working hard. We're allowed to go four hours per week. So we've been in the gym and the players for sure. We're really excited. We're also not quite as young as we were. I do think we're able to add stuff quickly because of the veterans that we have on this upcoming team. So, I mean, take that for what it is. It could just be some coach speak, could just be some, you know, basic stuff. But uh, it's something I really, really like hearing from Eric Musselman and how it's going right now with his squad and how they're all buying in and that all seems like it's going according to plan. And in this case, it's even ahead of schedule, which is huge because that's one of the things that you got to balance out when you're talking about bringing in new players and transfers is the chemistry. And it's a culture thing. 
And, you know, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. But you can just tell, and I think we all kind of knew this after this past year, uh, Muss is not going to go with the six freshman uh, class anymore. Uh, he, he's going to continue to do the portal. He's going to have, because he said it right there. Uh, and I don't think this is anything against freshmen. I think he's just saying that, hey, we're not as quite as young as we used to, as we used to be. He says we're able to get stuff, add stuff quickly because of the veterans that we have. Uh, that's important. And that's a, that's a big thing that, uh, you know, I think Arkansas was really missing from this past year and something that can really help them out in the long term and get off the ground running as soon as they start everything. And, you know, it'll take time. It's not to say that it's perfect right now, but knowing how many times that Musselman's had a lot of transfers coming in and has talked about the, you know, way things are going and how it, how it's supposed to come together and be built together with the new guys as well as the veterans. Because, like, we've talked about before, folks, like, you got Trevin Brazil, Devo Davis, Makai Mitchell, and those are three starters from this past year's team that are going to be on this team. So uh, you, you got some pieces. And then Jalen Graham, who played probably, what, the seventh most minutes on the team, arguably, on the year. So we've got plenty of run and plenty of playing time and, and a lot of big moments. So you just got, you got the experience that's already there. Push your ad in veterans. I still think this team's going to be great, and I can't wait for it to all happen. But it's just good to hear that uh, Eric Musselman thinks the same thing and really likes where his team's at, and I think it's going to be huge for them as well. So. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.